Yeah, you know, Heidi and I, many of you might know, we've been married a while. This is our 29th year of marriage. So next May, it'll be 30, the big 3-0, right? Uh, next May. Um, and it's been awesome. It's been so much fun. We have four kids. They're r- 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 grown, I was going to say grazed. No, grown and raised is what I was going to say. Um, they're grown and raised, and they're out of the house of here and there in college and back and forth and all that. But um, it's been such a fun journey, you know, being married all these years, and it's been one of those great love stories. But it didn't always start out that way. In fact, we were at a small little Christian college in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and uh, we were just friends. We were just like friends. Uh, We were hanging out with a big friend group, and I had just gotten broken up. Some girl broke up with me like a few months before. So I was like not into girlfriends. I was not into girls, Um, and I was gun shy about all that. But here we were in this fun group of friends doing fun stuff together. And, uh, but in this small college, if you hang out with anyone for any length of time of the opposite gender, everyone's suspicious and everyone's talking about it. You know, if you walk together to the cafeteria, if you just happen to be walking next to each other, it's like, are you guys going out? You know, like, whoa. If you walk to the post office together somehow randomly and to get your mail, it's like you're engaged. All right, that's it. You know, that's how small this college is. Everyone's just talking and everyone's excited about being married. It's a little Christian college, right? Um, so they're like, you and Heidi are hanging out a lot, you know? So are you guys like an item or something? I'm like, no, no, no. We're just friends, you know? I'm not into that girlfriend stuff. I, I, I just want to be friends. But people were talking, and so Heidi and I, I said, Heidi, what's going on here? We should talk. We should get together and have a meeting about our relationship, you know, kind of thing. And, and she's like, okay, sure, you know, cool, we're just friends. And so we went to breakfast, and I remember sitting there talking to her, explaining how I'm interested in the girlfriend now, and I've been, you know, hurt by this other person, I'm just... Let's just be friends. Is that cool? And she's like, yeah, that's totally cool. I just want to be friends, too. I don't want to mess this friendship up. This is really fun. We do a lot of fun things together, and let's just keep that going. So I was like, okay, cool. So we decided in that DTR, that define the relationship conversation, that we were going to just be friends. And then a couple weeks, and we said, let's take a break, too, from hanging out with each other because, you know, friends don't hang out as much as we do, maybe, so we shouldn't do that. <laughs> let's chill out, you know. And, uh, but it was a couple weeks later, I'm working on a paper late at night, midnight, you know, Taco Bell's open. That was, like, our favorite place. We always go to Taco Bell late at night. And I'm, like, hungry, and I'm, like, I need some Taco Bell. Who will go with me? Well, everyone said no in my hall. And so I'm like, I gotta call Heidi, you know? Heidi, what are you doing? She's like, yeah, let's do it, Taco Bell, you know? So we're at Taco Bell, and we're like, why are we stopping hanging out? It's so much fun, you know, being together. And uh, so we said, okay, we'll still be friends, but we'll just hang out a lot because it's so much fun. And then, you know, over time, that kind of grew into this romance, just kind of birthed out of this friendship. And and, uh, over the time, we would go on some fancier dates and we would show up a little more dressed up. And it's like, ooh, something's happening here kind of thing. And I brought a picture of our our fanciest first, one of our first dress-up dates right there. Yeah. There we are. (laughs) So so many people have commented about the different elements of this photograph. (laughs) The pleats. The suspenders, the hair, uh, the old car, and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, this was just su such a fun time, right? Um, Are you guys friends here? Okay, no, this is date. This is like full date mode. I mean, look at her dress. I mean, we're going out. You know, this is awesome. Uh, and yeah, so much fun. So, you know, this was actually, yeah, a little bit along the, the path of, of dating. Um, and and it's, been, it's been fun all these, all these years. But it started with this sort of define the relationship conversation that, you know, we said we could be friends and look how that worked out. But it is also uh, always so good to talk about the relationship. Uh, maybe you've had one of those DTRs, conversations. Maybe you've been in a relationship, maybe not romantic, maybe it's just like, family or friends or, or worker, co-workers, where you gotta, you gotta talk about what is this relationship, like what's going on here, and what is the parameters of this? What are the limitations of this? What are my expectations with all this? Um, and, and I thought it would be cool, even this morning, to, as I was thinking about the newness of this church and this new faith community, there are probably gonna be some, some messages that happen here in these early weeks, in early months of us being together that don't happen later on when we're you know, an established community. Um, there's probably some early conversations that are kinda of neat to have right now. So I was thinking, what would I say right now to you guys that I won't probably say later down the road? This is, we're brand new, we're just starting out. And you might say, what is the relationship between like me and you guys? You know, like Heidi and I, like leaders here at Branches and congregation here. Like, what's this? What's the? What is this like? And and you know, just to define the relationship a bit this morning, for for us, our passion is we have never wanted to be leaders that are removed. You know, kind of like aloof, like above and holier than thou, and like you have to jump through hoops, you know, to like hang out with or have a conversation with or share a difficult thing with or whatever. We don't want to insulate ourselves as leaders from everybody else. No, we have always been passionate about leading with you, shoulder to shoulder, in community, because one of my favorite pictures and concepts and truths is that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Right? The cross, the ground is level. No one is like closer to Jesus because of some special title or role. No, we all need Jesus the same. And no one's way down below because of some past or experience or disappointment or, or mistake. No, we're all level at the foot of the cross. And we want to walk with you in that. Be with you in that. We want to be pastors who you can share your joys, your excitements, your victories and then ones you can share your difficulties and disappointments with and greatest challenges of life. And we wanna be able to be with you in that. We wanna be pastors who listen, who care, who spend time. That's why Heidi said, give us a call. Like, this is a small enough community where we could go to coffee with all of you guys, you know, and maybe in a couple weeks. And we would love it. There'd be nothing more that we would love than that. Um, and, and we wanna be people who, who listen, uh, who care, who are with you, uh, people who pray along with you, who point out what God is up to in your life, who encourage you and say, look what God's doing here. Look what God's doing here. Did you notice this about what God is doing in your life? We want to help you grow in your relationship with God to be a support and be an encouragement to you. In this passage in John 15, we've been looking at this whole chapter and this little section, these six verses right here, Jesus is going to define the relationship between him and the disciples, his team, his, his group, his community. And in so doing, he defines it for us too. We get in on this 
just DTR conversation from Jesus. Jesus just says it like it is. He lays it out and, and describes it for us. He describes what life among the branches is supposed to look like. Because we've been brought into this, right, this vine, Jesus the vine, us the branches. We're bearing fruit because of Jesus' life in us. And so he says, here's what life among the branches, you and I, all of us, this is some of the ways it's to look. And so let's check it out. Our first verse is verse 12. You heard Heidi read it um, already. But, but here it is. Uh, for chapter 15, verse 12, Jesus says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Okay, so he just like, he just like blows the doors off right away and says, this is how this love works. This is the limits of this love. There's none, <laughs> right? He's like, this is an all in, everything on the line kind of love. The message paraphrase says, lay down, uh, put your life on the line for your friends. That kind of a love, a sacrificial love. Jesus, of course, steps into that um, in the greatest example of all and that he sacrifices himself, his, his whole mission to come and, and to, to sacrifice himself for us, to stand in our place. Um, you know, you might have heard some stories of people who sacrifice a lot. In fact, Veterans Day, what a great time to remember and think through people who've done just that, who sacrificed for others. Some have given the ultimate price, their life uh, for their friends. Uh, for their loved ones and for their country and their cause. Some people, you might know, have given up mostly, they don't really physically die, but they say, I'm going to commit my life to this cause. Like, my dreams, my aspirations, my goals for myself, I put those aside and I 100%, you know, go and serve this mission or this cause. They've given their life for it. The, and the Bible reminds us that there, I mean, in the highest regard, there, there could be people who do this that aspire, inspire us to give our life away uh, for those we love, you know, our friends. And, and that, that, that can be a common thing. But then the Bible reminds us that in this chapter in Romans, the Bible reminds us, but it's be really rare to give your life away for your enemies. You know, for someone who's not interested in you, that would be that would be super challenging. And then it, and then it challenges with this uh, in Romans 5, 8. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So while we were still rejecting God and not interested and disconnected from God, still Jesus comes. He comes and he, he sacrifices and gives this incredible love for us, um, even when we were not his friends. So leave it up to Jesus once again, right, to set this unattainable standard that all of a sudden points out my inability to be able to do it myself. Like, I can't follow this example myself in my own human efforts and strivings. Um, and it just reminds me, where, where do I go when I'm convicted like that? I go to the cross. Again, I say, the grace of God. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for your grace because Jesus' grace uh, and his love, his mercy meets me in, in my brokenness and in my inability to measure up to this incredible standard. Jesus says, love everyone in the way I've loved you. But thankful for God's grace that it's not my own efforts and striving. I get to lean into the vine and God gets to empower me to do that. Right. And this fruit of the spirit is supposed to come out 
Love is that first one. Love in, in the passage in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. So this love comes out as I connect uh, with Jesus. And the same is for you and, and for me. You know, I, there's so many ways we could practice this together. What would it look like for you in your life uh, to love others sacrificially? You know, what does that look like? I think sometimes we can do that through random acts of kindness. I love those stories of people that are like, I just paid for that guy's coffee behind me or whatever, you know, like, or, or, or service or generosity, the ways we give ourselves away. If you're a parent, you know, you got to sacrifice like every day for stuff. You're like, I don't want to go to the McDonald's drive through but I'm doing it. You know, I'm sacrificing for others. Uh, if you're married, of course, we have all these these moments to, to sacrifice, to, in, 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 a, in a loving way, put down our agendas and our dreams or things that we want um, for the sake of others. And I think in a new community starting out here, even in church, church, established churches, brand new churches, there's opportunities for us to also do that, to love each other sacrificially. There's an opportunity for us to take our preferences. You know, so many of us, if you've been around church for a while, Maybe you have some preferences about the kind of style of church that you like. You know, you might say, I, I just like the music to be like this, you know, um, or I like the t teaching time to be this, and um, I like the praying time. To, we all have our, our preferences, which is not bad. It's not bad to have things that we, we like. Uh, but sometimes we can get caught into the weeds of it, right, of our, our own our own things that we want for ourselves, uh, and we lose sight of this great mission that we're supposed to do. The goal, the main thing uh, gets lost in the clutter of like, how are the seats arranged and how is the lighting? And you know, we sometimes, uh, we get kind of caught into that. And so it's a great reminder for us, just right off the top here, that, that what would it, imagine a community that kept the main thing, the main thing, that our mission was to reach and share God's love with a community that many people could experience the love of God and that we could be people who the fruit of the Spirit comes out of our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, because we're connected to Jesus. Like that's the main thing. Jesus' mission in creating the church and setting it up from the very beginning was, has always been the same, to share God's love, to express the love of God, to invite people into connecting the love of God and for us to grow in Him, to bear more fruit, so that more people can experience the love of God. That's the design for the church. And, and, and keeping the main thing, the main thing, sometimes we sacrifice things. We say, well, it's not my preference that it's like that, but boy, is that helping people experience God's love in bigger ways? Yeah, you know, we see it. We see the fruit and we say, let's, let's sacrifice for that. Let's serve God and lay down our preferences for this mission, this grand mission. And it's so cool, this next part of the passage that we're looking at, Jesus um, invites us into that mission in this partnership, a partnership like that, that is, is um, kind of mind-blowing, because here's how, here's how he says it. In verses um, 14 and 15, he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call, call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since, since, let's see, now you're my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. So Jesus lets us in on this partnership, this mission, as partners with God. 
So not only is this um, community one that is marked by sacrificial love for one another, but it's marked by this partnership with God in his grand mission. All of us together. You know how it says servants don't really know what their master is doing. I was thinking of how when you when you're in a job, maybe a corporate environment and you're working and you're in the bottom rung job, they always say like the mailroom worker, whatever that lowest job is, the, the trash person or something. You don't know what the boss is thinking. You're just doing the job. You're just like, these are my six things I got to do on this shift. And I don't get to ask questions of why or how come you just do it. But here Jesus is inviting us uh, into this relationship where we get to know what's happening. We're not just a worker that does a list of things that are obligation or duty. No, we get to be in relationship with the boss, the CEO, the designer of the mission. And we get to partner as friends. I love that idea that we could be friends of God, which seems so amazing that he would invite us uh, to be friends like that. It says that he's revealed these things that God's Jesus says the, he's told them all this stuff. So there's not this like, I mean, there is a lot of mystery in faith, uh, but there's not these hidden secrets that are only for special people and not for others. Jesus says you're invited into the mission one on one, like as friends would be, you know, friends confide in each other, friends Tell each other the good stuff and tell each other the plans and their goals. Friends don't hide certain things and kind of, you know, no, they, they give their confidences out. You know, they share the confidential stuff. And that's how God invites us into this friendship with him. This friendship where we get in on his mission. Um, and, and I wonder as we think about life among the branches, how cool would it be if we're friends to each other like that? If we're, we have friendships where we can share all that's going on in our life, we can bring our challenges, our disappointments, we can bring our joys and our victories, and we can expect encouragement and support and a, and a listening ear, a caring person to hear us, a safe person to, we can share with. We're not going to get slammed or cut down or criticized right away, but we're going to have someone that listens to us and cares about us. That would be amazing. That kind of friendship, that kind of community here. Jesus invites us in to that. Um, you know, in the challenges of life, when we bring our challenges out, they, uh, um, it's, 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 it kind of shows us our need, you know, because we're, we're, we're inadequate in so many ways. And we kind of, realize, oh man, I don't measure up, or I'm not able to do this very well, or I don't know what to do in this situation. And it kind of, it it invites us to this reality that, okay, we can't really make this happen as much as God can. God is bigger and more powerful and all that than us. Um, And the beauty of that is that Jesus, he reminds us in this next part of the verse that in this next part of the passage that he's going to share the heavier load that Jesus, all he is bigger and he is in in control of all things. And he says, and you know what, because of that, I'm going to make the first move. I'm going to welcome you in. I'm going to be the part in this friendship that plays the bigger role that carries you when things are hard, when you can't kind of feel like you hold it together. This is how he says it in these verses. Check, check this out. Um, In in verse uh, 16, he says, 
you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. I chose you. And Jesus chooses you. Man, I remember first grade Pacific Union Elementary School kickball. Um, if you've ever done that where you're going to play kickball with your friends, there's always two big athletic dudes that they're the captains. And they're like, we're going to pick teams. Uh, I was never one of those guys. <laughs> so I'm in a line with a bunch of other scrawny kids. And the captains are up there. And the ones who got the ball in his hands like, all right. And they take turns, right? Ah, uh, Johnny. And the other guy's like, okay, I get Steve. Bill. Pete. You know, and I'm there, and like people are just like leaving. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm trying to like look like good. I can do this. Like I can play good ball. You want me on your team? You know, um, it's that feeling of not being chosen. Oh, now maybe you were an athlete. Maybe you were like a leader in that way physically, and you were the one sometimes being the captain. And or maybe you were the one picked first. You know, in these games, and you know what that feels like. Wow, how cool. Then you know what this feels like for God to say, I choose you. I choose you first. Uh, but maybe you weren't. Maybe you're like me and you were chose, chosen near the last. Sometimes I'd like, I'd like compensate myself. Like, well, at least I wasn't last, you know. I'd be like, I got chosen. And there's like one guy left there. See, I made it. Uh, or if you're like middle chosen, I'm like kind of in the first half of the choosing, second half. I mean, all these games. And I'm in the first grade. And I'm like, What's my identity? Um, so it's so challenging. And when you're not chosen, that feeling is so disappointing. It's, it's so like you, you question everything. And, and here's the God of the universe saying, I choose you. I choose you. I, I choose you. Because, and, and because he knows that you have potential. You can do well in this mission. That you have what it takes. And it's not about... Uh, that you earned the right to be chosen or that you're looking good and so God's like, yeah, cool. Um, or there's anything you could do to be chosen, have special talents. No, God just says, I choose you. God created you, made you, and he says, I choose you. Choose you to be a part of this mission and, and that we're to bear fruit. And, and part of this relationship is, yeah, this partnership with him. I love this verse about being chosen in Ephesians 1. And I thought it'd be kind of cool if we read it together. Just a reminder of this truth. Who are we in relationship with God? And so I've got it on here. I've made the words a little bit bigger. Can we try it together? Just reading out loud, give us a shot. Here it goes. Here's the truth about who we are. Ready? Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And the second part, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That's the truth. That's who you and I are in relation to him. And I love that the part right after that says, this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. This is what God wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Man, it is so cool. Jesus reminding us that it's not our efforts um, that 
earn this thing. doesn't help us make the grade. No one has this special favor from God. We all get, we all get in on this, this invitation to be chosen. Uh, chosen because of this love of God. That's why it's good news. That's why it's the gospel, the good news. Because Jesus, unbeknownst to us or, or not because of our doings, um, loved us so much that he sent his son. So here comes Jesus on the scene to live this perfect life in our place, to sacrifice his life for us on the cross, uh, to die for us and, and then to rise again, uh, giving us this, these keys uh, to eternal life with him. This invitation, Jesus says, and I choose you. Will you join me in this mission to share the love of God and this life that God gives for the asking, this gift of grace, the good news, this choosing us. Uh, You know, this partnership with God, it's a conversation. A lot of times they say communication is the best part of a relationship. It's a critical part. And that's why Jesus mentions this prayer part in this, in this verse too. He says, and so remember, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Remember, bring me your requests in prayer. Talk to me. And prayer is just that. It's this invitation to connect with him, to share our requests with him, to bring him our needs and, and our concerns. It's a time to listen to him too. Hear his voice and direction in our life. We talked last couple times that prayer is a, is a relationship where God listens. He's promised to listen promised to hear us. He's promised to answer our prayers. Sometimes he answers yes, sometimes no, and sometimes not yet. Uh, But he's promised to act, to hear us and to act, to do what's best uh, for his plan and his mission and purpose. And we get to be a part of that. Prayer is a big part of that. You know, this invitation with him. The, The six verses that we're talking about right here, they have a top and they have a bottom. They're like a parallel like poem. And the first verse we read, right? Love one another. And the second verse, the last verse today um, is verse 17. And Jesus just bookends this whole little speech. He says, this is my command. Love each other. He just kind of says it again. You know, he's like, I started with this. Love each other. Here's the contours, the dynamics of what this love looks like in community. And then again, Love each other. These six verses form the very middle of a longer speech he's giving to his disciples, to his team. Some Bible scholars call it the farewell discourse. This is the farewell speech of Jesus before he goes to the cross, to the resurrection, to all that's to come ahead for him. And these are these last moments where Jesus is like imparting the critical, most important things about the mission. And this little section right here is the centerpiece of this talk, these six verses. Love each other in this sacrificial way. Love each other and, and lay down your preferences, lay down your agendas, lay down your, your, um, your, your own um, wants and needs for the sake of others and then watch what the amazing stuff that happens as we join Jesus on that mission to, to share his love, um, to invite people in, as we see the fruit of the Spirit kind of take off in our lives, as we get to bring our requests to Him, this invitation to, to be in community with God. There's another verse that uh, I, I love in, in John 4, and it talks about the power of this loving community. It says, No one's ever seen God, but if we love one another, 
God lives in us. Oh, oh, I have it on the screen, you guys. This is another reader one. Can we do this one together? Let's do it. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So this is how the world will see who God is. It's through us. It's through this love that we foster and nurture between us, and the world will see. They'll see a glimpse of who God is. Isn't it so sad when churches and Christians fight with each other, right? They, they argue and they bicker about these little things or these maybe larger things, but, but they're fighting and it's like, man, that is not showing the world very well who God is. It's just these bickering people. And, and could you imagine if Christians everywhere were to say, let's do this, let's love like this sacrificially. Let's love like Jesus is saying. Let's follow this pattern of community and what it looks like. There wouldn't be any fighting anymore with each other because we'd be loving each other, right? We'd be loving sacrificially and surrendering our right to win. And we'd just be like, how can I love you more? You know, how can I listen more and care for you more? If the whole world could you imagine if the whole world got in on this somehow that got inspired, like let's love each other like this sacrificially just how Jesus is describing if the whole world did this war would be over right the greatest hope of humanity peace but we'd experience it because of this love of God and that seems sort of fantastical to say and sort of like oh that's just imaginary but all good things start small they start in a small community right and right here between all of us you and I we can begin to live that kind of life. We can begin to have peace right here amongst ourselves. We can begin to model that for others. We can begin to cultivate a kind of a love together that makes this community, this city, this county say, whoa, that must be what God looks like. I'm getting a glimpse of what God is like, and it's amazing, and how can I find out about that? How can I experience this love of God? And, and we get to invite them in, and we get to uh, share that love. Um, with others. That's what it's all about. 